Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Deliciella podcast with me, Matthew Mills, and my wife and business partner, Ella Mills. Hi, guys. So over the last couple of episodes, we've looked a little bit in different ways, but at mental health and the fact that at the moment we seem to be struggling with it a little bit. And at the beginning of September, I was in Dublin on my book tour. And I was invited down by the happy pair, which I'm sure lots of you will know, to come swimming with them at six o'clock in the morning in the Irish Sea. And I had this moment and I've been working since five in the morning. I'd done um, two radios, two TVs, two events, a photo shoot, four interviews. I've never, and it was like 10 o'clock at night and I was so tired and I was driving down to the middle of nowhere on my own. It was like 10.30 and I was like, what am I doing? I'm going swimming at six o'clock in the morning with two complete strangers. Like, have I lost my mind? And then I got there and it was one of the best experiences I've ever had in my life. And I realized I definitely had not lost my mind. I'd arguably found it. And I met Dave and Steve from The Happy Pair and they are literally the happiest people on the planet. So today... I can vouch for that. (laughs) We've had 10 minutes together and I am buoyed. Exactly. (laughs) So basically we want to talk about how on earth you cultivate such a brilliant glass half full attitude. How do you create a life that you really, really want to live where your kind of passion, your purpose everything your hobbies all come together as one and you basically have as much energy as you guys that's wow. what we want to know yeah. wow <laughs> what a wonderful intro wow that was beautiful i feel like wait, what do i what do i say <laughs> well first of all welcome thank you it's an honor to be here so Very can long. you guys just give us a bit about the story and then maybe from that we can pick the bits of uh so i guess we grew up in Greystones, little small town in ireland and we're identical twins we're both now 38 and we're super into health and happiness but that wasn't always the case Intro, intro, backstory. Uh, We were studying business. We were a pair of overachievers, like hyper-competitive identical twins. So uh, at the time, like at the first year business, it was all about, right, Steve, we're going to be millionaires by the time we're 30. We're going to be billionaires by 40. And like, we're just going to kill it. Like, and that was, that was kind of our definition of happiness. And uh, by the time we finished university, it was like, I don't know, there's got to be more to life. So we um, ended up kind of questioning things and we went on separate voyages of self-discovery, like little kind of, it was like, it sounds really twee, but that was the kind of reality of it. I went off to Vancouver and mostly I went there because as a twin, you you live up your whole life as a we. So it's like how to learn how to be an individual and be vulnerable. And for the first time in your life, be called Stephen, because most of your life you're called Dave, Steve, Flynn, or which one are you? But it was like, I'm Stephen, wow, on my own. Oh, it yeah. felt, but uh, I ended up going 
Um, I met a guy from Greystones and he said I could sleep in his floor. And in the apartment was a guy from Australia who I just met. Um, and we kind of got talking and he was cooking his dinner. And he was this cool surfer dude. And I was 21 and highly impressed. I was like, wow. And he was cooking lentil sweet potato and coconut. And we grew up in Ireland eating the standard meat and two veg diet. I, I didn't know what the hell a lentil was. I didn't know what's a sweet potato. Like a, we, in Ireland, potatoes are everywhere, but a sweet potato doesn't exist. Yeah. And coconut milk is like, how do you milk a coconut? You know, I, I was genuinely <laughs> baffled. Uh, and he cooks this soup, this soup and I taste it. I was like, wow, those lentil things are gorgeous. And we got talking more and he told me he was a vegetarian. And I was like, a man can be a vegetarian? Because <laughs> up to that point, I'd never met a man that was a vegetarian. And if I did meet a girl that was a vegetarian, I was like, oops, sorry. <laughs> you know, because we were such carnivores. So I got talking more and I kind of said, can I eat what you eat for the week? Like, I'm genuinely fascinated. So for the week, we were eating like black beans and quinoa and millet and like what I would have called hippie food at the time. Yeah. And at the end of the week, I called Dave up and was like, Dave, and we're highly competitive. I was like, Dave, I, I think I, I finally have one up in you. I've decided I'm a vegetarian. <laughs> and lo and behold, and lo and behold, I decided the same. Yeah. a few days earlier yeah like so I beat him to it uh, technically Who, who's, who's the better vegetarian now then or uh, even vegan <laughs> or even vegan well that cues the next part of the story yeah. thank you Matthew uh, we ended up I guess being hyper competitive we ended up like he became vegetarian so I became a vegan and then he became a righteous vegan and then I got into raw food and he got into raw food and then we got into cleansing and fasting and over a couple of years we really explored diet and wanted to see if we could eat ourselves to enlightenment or to perfect health or what it was and we were trying everything alternative we like spent a lot of time in organic farms and living in spiritual communities and meditation centres and Anything alternative. Anything alternative. Like I lived in a cave behind a waterfall in Costa Rica for a few weeks with all these yogis. So, so we tried, we hitchhiked right the way from Central America up to Canada. We lived on yurt farms. We And, and anyway, one day Steve calls me up. We're, we were 24. This is 2004 at the time. And Steve said, Dave, Dave, do you want to try and start a health food revolution? And I thought, oh, cool. Yeah, sounds great, Steve. And he says, uh, do you want to start a vegetable shop? I said, a vegetable shop? What's that going to do with a revolution? He said, Dave, trust me, trust me. So at uh, age 24, we came back um, into our small little town in Greystones and we, we borrowed a uh, hundred grand from the bank and we started a little vegetable shop uh, and we'd left as two like I guess two guys who'd done degrees in business and we were like very much had bought into the American dream of money makes you happy all about materialism and we came back two hippies like with long hair polyester shirts plaid <laughs> pants painted fingernails <laughs> and a strong offensive body odour because soap was bad yeah. um, and a lot of people in our in our town and village was like what happened to the lads like you know they were going places and mom and dad's friends from the bridge or golf club it was like they're definitely selling drugs out the back. I know it. You know, there was this kind of like... <laughs> and just to clarify, we weren't. But, <laughs> but it was it was a sense of pity. It was like, geez, the lads have really lost their way, haven't they? <laughs> and uh, and I guess that's, you know, it's gone from that to now where there's, you know, that was 14 years ago and, and it was... So all, what was the next step? So you had the vegetable shop. Um, it, vegetable shop. And it was really, we wanted to set up as a charity. He was adamant, this is a charity. This is about a social movement. This isn't about money. It was about um, using business as a vehicle for social change. And it was yeah. all about trying to create a healthier, happier community. It was, and in essence, at the most, if, if we look at it at the most selfish level, we had come back and changed our lifestyle so much that if we wanted to sustain it, we needed to get community support. And at that time, like our friends from the rugby club or the golf club, it was like, they wanted us to go out and get drunk and chase women. And like our days were kind of done with that we wanted to do yoga and drink green juice and like talk about lentils you and know, swim drink. in the sea you so, know. so we, we kind of had to get new friends so yeah because I wanted to ask you guys about that because there aren't very many 
as you said at the beginning, like actually there's a bit of a stigma around kind of males and vegetarianism and veganism, but that in general, one of the questions we get all the time at Delicious Seattle, and I'm sure you guys get the same, is I've changed my diet. I've kind of gone on this spiritual path. I feel amazing. My friends think I'm nuts. Yeah. How do you get people to kind of come on that journey with you? Uh, I, I think like when we first started, we were very righteous and preachy. Yeah. And we found when you're righteous and preachy, like I hate being told what to do. I'm mm. quite thick-headed and I'm sure everyone no one really likes to be told what they do so we found over a number of years that it's much better just not preach and just do your own thing accept people where they're at and try to if you do want to sustain it try to get the support of others around you that are into it like if there's a lone vegetarian that was always slagged go and be mates with them and talk about lentils or you know do do whatever it is and you'll support each other because ultimately if you do want to sustain a lifestyle change it's about having a community around that will support I've got two interesting things in that I was going to say one is uh, a friend always says he says you'll attract more people being a lighthouse a lighthouse attracts more people than yeah. kind of preaching to people and then the other kind of metaphor is uh, you attract more wasps with honey than you do with vinegar so I think oh, that, that, yeah, like that it's quite contentious yeah. I'm a cow. Um, <laughs> but, but I think more that like if, you, if you're living a happy fulfilled life if your life has changed people will be quite curious as a group they might not but individually they might go oh, I've had this funny digestive thing you seem to have cleared that up will you tell what are those lentil things you know yeah. like, like I remember mum and dad you know it, like when we first changed our diet they like being an Irish mother she mom was always like love was food like she was if we didn't eat her food we were we were refusing her love so that was a huge contentious issue and she was like what what kind of a man are you like you're a vegetarian and she said all sorts of other things but like it, she certainly didn't come to it initially but she's probably been eating a vegan diet now for about 10 years you know her and dad yeah it. I found the same with my friends and family the first time you start they're like what what yeah. are you doing you remember like the first time I made a green smoothie they're like it literally looks like you're drinking a swamp that is disgusting <laughs> and then I would just be like oh I've made a little bit extra does anyone want to try try it and then they try it and be like oh okay it's quite nice. nice exactly and then just over time they would kind of and now my family exactly the same they're mostly all vegan vegetarian and absolutely love it and never in a million years would have I think believed that they would ever go anywhere near that direction if you'd asked them kind of six seven years ago so it went from me and Steve with a total a pair of hippies with this crazy idea 14 years ago and it's kind of grown into where there's three cafes two shops and a farm and we produce a whole lot of products employing about 130 people so it's changed like from this crazy little idea to where it's kind of grown over time into a business I suppose and kind of a movement really like the way we'd kind of describe it as a movement to try to create a happier healthier world that's kind of it in a nutshell it's yeah. amazing. It's and a great laugh. I think the thing is, a lot of people, what's I think inspiring about that, and, and I'm not sure the stats, but the stats are kind of massively high, the number of people who want to be free um, freelance, who want to start their own business. And I think there's a huge kind of rise at the moment in entrepreneurship in trying to create a life that actually makes you really happy. Because ultimately, like what you do day in, day out, if you hate it, it's going to have a big impact on your well-being. And you guys took an idea that was a little bit nuts at the time, you know, it wasn't exactly kind of of the norm. And you brought it over and you made a career out of it because you loved it. And I would, I'd be really amazing to hear like a few tips or ideas for people listening on how they take their passion and maybe start to make it kind of their reality so they can actually start to cultivate that life that they really want to live. Brilliant. Uh, I, I was going to say, I read a really good quote yesterday that as a kid, you're kind of told, you're encouraged, oh, follow your dreams, follow your dreams, yeah. follow your dreams. But then as a parent, you're, or once you're an adult, you're told, oh, don't be stupid. Yeah, That's exactly. mad. Oh, geez, you're crazy. You just get a job, <laughs> you know. So so I think it's more you've got to like society kind of quells you almost. And, and you're kind of set up from school. You're kind of told what to do. And then you go to university and you're kind of told what to do. And then you get out and like, now you're meant to start thinking for yourself. So it's almost you've got to really look inside of yourself and trying to find what you're really passionate about. I think I think that's the biggest journey. I remember 
when when we went away as 21-year-olds, Steve said, right, I'm going away. I don't really know what I'm interested in. I don't really know myself. And, and he said, I'm going buying all my tickets to Canada and I'm not coming back until I'm happy and I know <laughs> what I'm interested in. So, and, and that was his journey to go figure out what he was interested in. And I think it's, it was fortunate for us in that we're twins. So there was a, immediately a support that, you know, there was this we, this protection that if anyone gave out to me, David, jump on, you know, yeah. and protect me. And I think if you do want to start your own business, anyone listening there, try to get support of someone that believes in it and some of that brings a different skill set like because often someone starting a business is quite creative and quite different thinking but a business that exists within capitalism needs to be financially responsible so I think it's good to have someone that's good with figures you know just because there's contrasting skills that's there, why we started working together yeah, I think <laughs> I think that that would be my little advice is try to get support and try to enjoy it the more you can enjoy it the more it's fun the more it's sustainable can I build on that one yeah I, I was going to say that I think like if you're starting with the right reasons where you really want to have an impact and you want a meaningful life, I think you've got to, if you're having fun, you're going to attract people to help you. Whereas if it's work and toil and hardship, it's going to be more of that. Like it's mm. people aren't going to want to help you. You'll find more roadblocks. Whereas what I found with me and Steve, we started and we were literally like, like we, that was, we were having so much fun. Like this was, we wanted to do it all day and night. And the amount of people that wanted to help you, like they didn't want money. They just wanted to help you. And oh, uh, oh, did you try this? Or did you try that? And it, it kind of just snowballed and became this thing. That it is these, infectious. Yeah. And the, the yeah. roadblocks just seem to kind of move to the side, you know. So I think if you can find something you're really interested in is number one, because if you're passionate and having a ball, people will get in behind you. And before you know it, the ball will be rolling. But I think back to even just aside from business, the other uh, purpose of this episode is, is about happiness. And I think the other thing that about happiness, we've done a couple of episodes on mental health and um, Ella raised some stats earlier and I think but when it comes to happiness happiness is a proactive thing that you have to go and seek as well you know it's not like you can just sit there and hope that you'll be happy hope or it's going to hit just, you exactly or if you're not happy continue to do the same thing and, and hope that it's just going to somehow change happiness is something you have to go out and proactively seek and you have to do the activities each day find um, different practices different people you can hang out with different ways that you can proactively seek to go and be happy just like you guys talked about you know you went to Canada to go and seek your happiness yeah, um, yeah. you have to you have to properly go find it it's not just going to come to you and it's something that you have to really internalise and, and create the ways forward for, Can for, I for yourself something on that that uh, according so the blue zones are the areas of the world where the people live the longest kind of you know the, there's the most amount of centenarians so yeah. there's kind of five parts of the world where they've lived the longest kind of proactive wholesome healthy lives and according to the blue zones the number one thing we can do for our happiness is the people we surround ourselves it's our yeah. tribe it's our community yeah. it's not it's not kale it's not yoga it's not meditation it's the humans we surround ourselves because we're such you know social creatures and I think nowadays the biggest cause of disease in the planet you know it's not heart disease it's not cancer it's really loneliness and isolation yeah. and, and you see it like I think community we're all humans that need to collect and particularly as, as young kids you know I see we've got five kids between us not together <laughs> and, uh, and uh, like when I bring them to the playground, they immediately play one of them. They make friends and they're so like they've such a sense of belonging. Whereas adults, we have to be more, you know, we have to kind of step outside of ourselves. Yeah, I think there's that study that said you typically become like the five people you hang out with most. Yeah. And so surrounding yourself with that good tribe is, is oh, think, absolutely And true. I think like social media can get a really bad rap that it can be negative and it can create more of this, you know, faraway feels are greener. But I think with the intention behind it, I think for us, social media is incredibly connected 
connecting and it like I wouldn't have got to hang yeah. out with you guys if it wasn't for social media and I think everyone listening to this podcast is unique is special is idiosyncratic is weird is strange yeah. is, is unique and I think the more you can find other people that share that same unique special weirdness the more you can connect and share and feel like oh you understand me yeah, yeah. you know the way you get me and I think social media can enable you to connect with these niche areas of culture and the more you can find people that are like you or your tribe the more you're going to feel fulfilled and happy and you know understood so do you guys have any other practices that you do on a kind of day-to-day basis that help because i know you have your swim yeah yeah just and that. this happens every single day, 365 yeah, days a year. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, yeah. Or at least all okay, the days so, you're so to break things down to practicalities, yeah. of, like we're humans, we're, 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 we have a full range of emotions <laughs> as well as happiness, overwhelmed and sad and all those kind of various things. So we're not complete lunos, we're normal. <laughs> um, but like we have set up certain things that help enable us to stay up probably more than possibly other people. I don't know if I'm right or not there. But five tips for health. Five tips for health nappies. Okay, number one, I think it's the basic and what you guys stand for completely into delicious health is eating more fruit and veg because eight out of ten people in the UK don't get their RDA of fibre, recommended daily allowance of fibre. And 55% of calories, according to a friend, Dr. Alan Desmond, who's a gastroenterologist, 55% of calories in Britain and Ireland are hyper-processed foods, ultra-processed foods. So I think as a nation, as humans in the West, we really need to eat more fruit and veg because it's higher and fibre that we're eating too much refined foods and, and by that foods. it's not about being veggie or vegan it's just making baby steps and yeah. starting with where you're at uh, then point number two I'd say is movement we're mammals and you know modern day lifestyle is set up to be sedentary you know you get up you turn on the light you turn on the heat and it's a little cold you cook your porridge you boil your tea you get in your car you drive to work you get to work you sit down at your computer and you work and then at the end of the day you go to the gym for an hour because i got to move but what the I guess Dan Butner's work in the blue zones is it's not like an hour of strenuous exercise a day it's continuous movement throughout the day that's much more beneficial to our, to our health what they found is that sitting down too much is it's like the modern day smoking so a simple metric for that is to try to get 10,000 steps for, per day because yeah. I used to think mum recently got a Fitbit you know one of those little can I tell I was sitting I was up at breakfast with mum there the other Sunday and she had one of these Fitbits and she's 67 the great Ismay Flynn and uh, I was sitting there going oh she's got one of those Fitbits and I was thinking uh, oh, that's just for you and your friends you know like ladies who play golf and whatever and I was sitting there I was going oh, gee, how many steps do you get and she says oh, tw- about 22,000 that's my daily average I was like 22,000 yeah that's, that's what she said, said. Uh, and at the time I had no reference I thought oh geez, yeah cool and uh, and she says to me oh I think your phone counts them for you Dave and I take out my phone and I start looking I'm like 7,000 6,000 yeah. 8,000 she's like oh she's Dave God. <laughs> and, and, and here we are as these kind of we're, we're always talking about health and everything and I'm kind of going wow so 10,000 steps I think is a really basic thing that if you live a busy life, particularly if you've got an office job, I think it's something that's a really basic measurement. And I think if you do have an office job, drink lots of water so that you're hydrated yeah. and you've got to go to the toilet so it gets yeah. you to move. Like, Because our primary fuel source is oxygen and then it's water and only then is it food. So I think the more water you drink, the more hydrated you are and the more you have to get up and go to the toilet so you yeah. got to move. Yeah. So it's that's a nice little... So that's number two. What's number three? Uh, number, uh, number, three number three is back to what we were talking about. It's community. It's yeah. humans. We become the products of the five people we surround ourselves. So it's about connections. We all want to feel belonging. We all want to feel accepted and part of something. So I think community is such a massive thing and something that's been a huge part of our lives, you know, which we've tried to really build and cultivate. And even, even like, say, we swim in the sea at sunrise and that kind of just happened by chance. And even like the idea of it when we first started to swim in winter. Did you do it with a group of people? Yeah, yeah. but, it, but it, it kind of started out, we used to go down to the sea at sunrise. Like we were total anti-tech because like if you start an organic food business, 
business or fruit and veg shop. Tech isn't necessarily your you're kind of going an opposite direction. And this this is in two thousand and four where there was you know yeah phones yeah. were kind of coming out and we were quite you know a bit luddite in our approach. Uh, but we were asked to cater or do juice and smoothies at the the t- what was it called the Web Summit, which was which subsequently has become the world's biggest tech conference. But it started out in Dublin by a friend, and uh, we went into the mansion house and we were making juices and smoothies for this fella called Jack Dorsey that founded something called Twitter and this fella Reed that founded something called Netflix and some fella Nikolai that founded this thing called Skype didn't know what any was didn't know anything about it they were just dudes that we were serving uh, and afterwards I was going wow this tech stuff is kind of interesting and quite sexy I must work out what a Twitter is and what a tweet is and how you work this thing so we bought smartphones and um, Dave was walking his daughter Elsie to sleep as you do as the sun was rising in Greystones and took a picture and put it up on Twitter and people seemed to really engage with it and I was like wow this the sunrise kind of symbolises hope a new day innocence purity connection with nature it's like wow we must well, we'll come back tomorrow so we started going down to the to the sea at sunrise and we'd take pictures and some days we'd swim and I was down one September and it was a manky day you know it was rain and it was windy it was horrible and it was like I was taking a picture because it looked beautiful uh, and there was a guy there who was coming out of the sea and said are oh, you getting in and I was like uh, no <laughs> he said, "Listen, not mind your stuff if you get it." It was like, oh, you know, when a man challenges yeah, you, can't, yeah. you can't back down. Male yeah. pride. So I was like, "Okay, right, I got to get in." So I got in, and we got chatting after. And he told me his name was Neil, and I was like, "Okay, cool." And he said, "See you tomorrow, same time." I was like, "Okay." Yeah. <laughs> so I went and met him the next day, and then the next day, Caroline was in the beach, and Caroline, Caroline, you want to come join us? And she came and joined us. And then the next day, Hugo came and joined us. Amazing. And then Fran did, and kind of we just took it day by day. And before we knew it, the sense of togetherness and the sense of facing this obstacle together the sense of community meant we did it all winter and it was such crack like and it sounds obscure and like even say I'm walking down in the middle of winter and it's rain and it's manky it's miserable it's cold it's damp and you're kind of going am I crazy but then you get in the water and that cold water just shocks you brings you back to the present suddenly you're kind of like wow, I can hear the birds. I didn't even notice there were birds. You, you kind of forget what you're worried about. It's like the sea reminds you how small and insignificant so how you are. how many people do you do it with typically every day now? It varies. Like say we do a, a public one where we invite people, you could have 500, 600, 700 people. And they're amazing <laughs> days. But on an average day, it varies. If it's raining a monkey, there could be three. Uh, on an average day, there could be 50. You never know. And uh, I guess because we <laughs> it put was it... was in the most amazing experience when yeah, I did it. Great, Honestly, it was fun. absolutely incredible. And it was such a great reminder, as you said, of kind it's of nature. simple free things totally. in life. And that's what we were talking this morning, just prepping for the podcast and saying, I think there's this sense that happiness, as you were saying, is so connected to the materialism. And it's like, when I earn enough money that I can buy a Ferrari, I'll be happy. When yeah. I earn enough money that I can buy one of the biggest mansions in London, I'll be happy. When I can earn enough money to do all these huge things, but actually, it's realizing like actually, we have so many amazing tools in front of us right now They're that free. make you happy and that bring you back. And everyone always says happiness is about being present and it's yeah, about being totally. in the moment with the people around you, with what's around you. And there's something amazing about diving into the ocean or something like that. It's a simple free totally. thing. Totally. And even though for those of us who aren't lucky enough to live by the sea, there's so many things like getting up, going on a run, going on a walk, meeting, going to yoga, meeting friends and going totally. to whatever sport you're into, just sweating. We and all have like a couple of hours before work you know if your work starts at 8.39 you've got an hour or so before work to actually do something that's for you that's for your happiness That and yes you might not want to get up when your alarm goes off but you will always feel 3,000 times better for it and it's just as you said you have to go to the happiness the happiness doesn't come to you yeah. so if you wake up 
get roll out of bed, get on the tube, go to work, sit at your desk all day, go home, watch Netflix, go to bed. You're not really chasing the happiness and the happiness yeah, doesn't magically fall of, into uh, your lap. And it's almost like a self-fulfilling cycle. Totally. You make one simple change that you go, okay, me and my friend, we're going to go for, we're going to get up and go for a walk for half an hour every day before work. And what you might find is through this half an hour work, you might walk. You, you walk, you make a friend, you make a connection and they introduce you to some another friend and totally. something else happens and then oh geez maybe I'm going to start eating a little bit better and it kind of it tends to be like a snowball effect that one positive change kind of might lead into another and before you know it over a period of a year you're a totally different person than you were well, one topic that you raised there which we've been kind of I guess having enjoyable philosophical debates about is like when is enough because in modern mm. day society we're all pushing we're all striving totally. it's like, what if kind of drives everything yeah, so the it's when like, I, I must get everything. more likes on social media when my business is bigger when I have a that big fancy yeah. apartment or house in London or whatever it is and I think ultimately like it's something that we all struggle with but I think it's as you said ultimately it's to try to come back to the present moment and appreciate what we have because for many of us we can be caught up with wanting the next thing but ultimately if we can come back to the present moment and and be and realize how lucky we are to have these bodies and I know I'm saying a cliche and something that many people go oh, rolling their eyes but it, it really is the more you can do anything that brings you back to the present moment the easier it is to experience joy and to contentment uh, what I was going to say like if you think about your perfect day like if, if anyone is listening just close your eyes for a second and think of like what would your perfect day be like if you were if you were if you were told you've got one more day to live you probably wouldn't be off shopping for Ferraris maybe you would I don't know <laughs> but there's a high probability it would be simple things it yeah. would be I'm going to have breakfast with such and such I want to go out into nature point number four is sleep sleep yes sleep and, and it sounds so oh my god sleep but um, as like where two men that grew up in a family of four boys and went to all boys schools and like males were our role model like it was like sleep was for weaklings we don't the less sleep the better and this was the kind of the role models which we grew up in and so it kind of took us until we had our kids that we realised oh my god like sleep is uh, and in the last few years we've really got into we've really read a lot about it we've listened to a lot about it and we've kind of read really talked about it and prioritised it and what we learnt is do you want to tell one thing? Okay, even, even two simple things. Men who get six hours sleep or less typically will have the testosterone level of someone 10 years their senior. And testosterone wow. as a man is really important, obviously, for all functions of our body and also for muscle mass. And generally, anyone who's listened who's curious about weight loss, typically anyone who gets six hours sleep or less typically consumes two or 300 calories more. And of those calories choices, what are they? Like if you imagine, okay, so say you're, you, you've only had six hours sleep, you're feeling a bit tired, you come into work and work has decided to buy brekkie for everyone. And it's a big spread and on one side you have like you know there's chia seed puddings and there's like coconut yogurts and there's porridge and there's lovely bircher mueslis and all this and the other side there's croissants and donuts you've had six hours sleep you're feeling tired you're feeling a bit you know just a bit groggy what are you going to pick they're croissant. Absolutely. And probably a donut too. And you got any coffee? <laughs> you know, because typically if you do get six hours sleep or less, you're going to consume 200, 300 calories more. And those calories are going to be largely refined calories. So yeah. if you are curious about that, yeah. I think three simple, anyone who's listening who kind of wants to sleep better, I think three simple, I guess, tips. Uh, first of all, regularity is most important to sleep. Mm. Try to go to bed at the same time. It works with your circadian rhythm. It might sound weird. It might sound crazy. You go, I can't do that. It's easy for you. But it's to do your best with it. Let's say on a Friday night you go out and you stay out super late. You know, try to get up at the same time and just have a nap. Because the more you can keep regularity, the easier it is. Your body cycle is going to be consistent and smooth. Second thing is light. So artificial light typically has a blue spectrum which reduces our melatonin production or slows down our melatonin production. So try to reduce the artificial light. Light 
candles, reduce your, your exposure to artificial light. So typically someone who goes to bed, say, at 10 o'clock and lives in, a, in an artificially lit environment, if you bring them out, say, camping in the Rockies where there's no light pollution, yeah. typically they'll get tired and want to go to bed at 8 o'clock, two hours earlier, because their melatonin production, their sleep hormone is a lot higher. So things you can do is to try to reduce your exposure to artificial lights, set your mobile phones where it's on that night setting so yeah. there's less blue-green light, try to reduce your exposure to, to your phones and screens. And if you can even, if you're hardcore, we both have those amber glasses, you know, oh, wow. which they block out the blue-green light. Um, so like I, I do wear them from about eight o'clock in the evening, but I'm obviously a bit extreme um, and that uh, supposedly helps in the production of melatonin and I like candles and I do all the, the boxes. And point number three is to try to have your bedroom slightly cooler in temperature to the rest of the house. Yeah. Yeah, there's three top tips. And and sleep sounds boring. It's like, ah, sleep, but it's the foundation of health that really is. And anyone who's young kids out there can totally relate to, you know, you go around like a zombie and you're just not, you know, you're not at your best. at your optimum. Uh, And brings us around to our last one. Uh, Point number five, I think many people think health is kale, it's yoga, it's turmeric, it's the next superfood, it's tai chi, it's qigong. Health isn't isn't just that. Health is a combination of many factors. Like, uh, at least in Ireland, we have many kind of grandmothers who are, you know, 95. They've smoked 50 cigarettes a day. They drank a bottle of whiskey. And many people go, they're not healthy, but they lived a long life because they, were, they weren't they were stressed. They had a good laugh. They had people around them. And they probably were very active. So I think health isn't just one thing. And it's to try to... Joy is an incredible, incredibly beautiful thing. And, and it's extremely beneficial to our health. There's no point you sitting there eating kale going, I hate kale. <laughs> That's not healthy. Or doing yoga going, yoga's for, you know, do things that make you happy and do more of it. I love that. Beautiful. Was that good? Yeah. Well, it's pretty good. <laughs> brilliant. No, it's so true. And I think it's so easy, again, to put off your happiness. It's like, I don't have time to be happy now. Like, I've got a big deadline at work. And busyness is almost a currency that we trade in now. It's like, how are you? I'm really busy. Mm. And if you say, yeah, I'm really good. Thanks. Things are, things are great. People are like, oh, you must be failing. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oh, are you unhappy? Like, oh, you're not working hard. Totally, exactly. Yeah. It's like can if I, you're can not, I say one last yeah. point? 5B, 5B. Okay, authenticity. 5B, 5B. 5B. Uh, authenticity. I think in modern day society, at least growing up in Ireland and England, we're in, a, in an ultra positive environment. You must be happy. You must be really on the go. You know, in Ireland, at least in Ireland, we say as a means of greeting, it's like, how are you? And, and the response is good, good, good. And you, you know, and it's the same in England. It's, you know, you seldom go, I'm tired, I'm overwhelmed, I'm stressed. You never, like we, we grew up, our business is called the happy pair and we grew up in I guess this very positive environment and my wife's a clinical psychologist and Justina would regularly go so like tell me your range of emotions and I go I'm, I'm kind of lucky I, I only have like three emotions pretty much I have like happy I have horny and I'm tired <laughs> and hungry hungry hunger's an emotion isn't it so, yeah, so I, I, I wasn't raised with this great emotional awareness and she was like all emotions are good they're so important and if you don't express them they're going to just come out and be expressed in a different means and probably more stronger more traumatic so she's been really helping me to become more aware that it's okay to feel overwhelmed or anxious or worried or stressed so I, I'm making a, a conscious effort when people ask you how you feel I'm going I'm a bit overwhelmed or I'm a bit <laughs> tired or I'm actually a bit I feel a bit stressed in my back and really making an effort and the more I do it the more the person who would have gone great they go yeah me too and then suddenly it's like oh wow we're actually yeah. Yeah, being yeah. honest and yeah, there's a greater yeah. connection so that sense of I think that's a really important thing because even again I'm becoming more aware of intimacy and the, the key to intimacy is exposing our vulnerability so if you do want to connect and be honest you must show what you really are 
So we wanted to do a little um, quick fire round yeah, more really. on your food. So what? So I know I saw you guys do some um, videos recently, which I loved, which were about um, cooking healthy food on a budget. Yeah. Because just bringing it back to more kind of practical sense of cooking healthy plant-based food, there is a sense that it's expensive and there is a sense that it's connected to superfoods and things like that. What are your kind of top tips on doing it on a budget? Uh, many people think like, you know, as you said, it's superfoods, yeah. it's goji berries. Oh, I need acai powder. I need all these expensive things. Totally, or like medicinal mushrooms and things yeah, like that. Yeah, it's all about shag, it's reishi, whatever yeah. it is. But like what we recently did is we went to the local supermarket and we gave ourselves, okay, let's see if we can cook a dinner for a euro. Yeah. You know, let's. so we got five euro to cook dinner for at least five people. Yeah. And we did a whole other series of videos in this. Yeah, and even so we went there with 20 euro and we said, okay, see if we can cook enough food for a week with one hour. Because one of the biggest things we say, oh, it takes so much time and it costs so much money. Oh, and like, it's just, I'm just going to have the pizza. I'll just eat yeah. the burger and the pizza. Yeah. So we kind of gave ourselves 20 euro. We spent 17 euro 40 and we couldn't believe how much you get for 20 pounds. Because even like if you think euro. about it, like it's seldom you leave the supermarket or wherever you shop going oh my god the broccoli was so expensive those lentils you know yeah. generally the most expensive parts in people's shop it's the refined food it's the animal food it's the meat it's the fish it's the cheese typically you don't go oh those puy lentils my god they're <laughs> ridiculous because in the essence shop. it's it, like if you're trying to eat more whole foods it, it's traditionally what's known as peasant food you know it's, yeah. it's fruit and vegetables or it's pulses which they're so, and that was like that's what we've done a whole lot of videos in this and that's why we've really shifted our focus onto quick simple dinners that are really democratic and that's what you do with all your books yeah. and I guess exactly it's trying to show people it doesn't have to be that way because that's such a big barrier yeah huge barrier and like we have brought out a book earlier this year which was Recipes for Happiness which is all totally on that which we've got budget things we've got meal plans it's all quick and it's simple yeah. and that's it's to try to make healthy food accessible and make it less baffling and it's amazing when you meet people like who really aren't into it and wouldn't be at all and they go I, I cooked your chilli and you're like yeah. you cooked our yeah, chilli yeah, yeah. I know I get like that as well but I think the great thing as well is there's so much awareness now about this food and people are eating it for so many different reasons for ethical reasons for health reasons for environmental, environmental reasons yeah, yeah. and so even my dad who's been like a devout Carnivore. meat and cheese I'm pretty pizza. sure he thought I was mad the first yeah. time he and met I, me and I had lunch with him yesterday and he said he's eating a vegetarian diet for all the last week and I was like oh my god like what yeah so it really is it's happening okay next question um, favourite breakfast at the moment, I'm loving chia seed puddings. I know it sounds very twins. Wait, wait, what? A chia seed chia pudding. Yeah, yeah. I love chia seed puddings. I usually have a few breakfasts, two or three. Though. I thought yesterday's <laughs> breakfast was hard to beat. We Dave took two Alfonso mangoes with us, which sounds very aspirational. But many people that buy like 15 euro on a bottle of wine and they yeah. won't spend a three quid in a mango. But we had a mango each, like big, and we peeled it and just ate it like cavemen on the, on the floor of the airport. Nice. And we had a punnet of blackberries and we had a bowl of porridge. And it was beautiful. It was so simple and it just felt beautiful. Fresh figs are hard to beat at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Favourite speedy meal? Dal. Dal. Yeah, simple five minute dal. I'd go with sourdough with toast and kimchi. Nice. I love love that. that. I I think that's... Yeah, and hummus, I think, is a great one. Oh my one. God, hummus. That's yeah, like my, my favourite food so of all time. He hates hummus, I it's the worst thing. I know, it can you believe it? In what way? I don't know, just like the texture of it, smell, just the whole thing just kind of weirds wow. me out. I'll always be eating in the car and he's like, open the window. Yeah, it's so bad, it just freaks me out. Wow. My, we, for, we, for produce, our... we produce so much of it. My little son like literally would swim in hummus. Like, I, just I would swim with him We used to, as kids growing up, we used to have ham and cheese sandwiches for lunch. That was just what it was. Yeah. And, yeah. and white bread or mum used to get us to eat brown bread. But like my kids go to school with hummus. Hummus yeah. is the new butter. Like they have hummus and wholemeal pita breads and that's their, you know, that's the, their kind of sandwich bit. I know, would love lunch. their lunchbox. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then um, best tip to getting your friends and family 
kind of happy to come over for dinner that might be plant-based when they're not sure about it. I think just invite, don't even mention anything. Yeah. Like immediately don't mention anything that's going to jar them. Like invite them over, tell them, oh, I've been exploring Thai food and I'm going to cook a Thai, you know, focus on that element as opposed to what they're not going to have. So just focus on the positive, the yeah, deliciousness. And, and they might get swept along with the excitement. Like, yeah. and all, you know. Like I think even when we started our business, The Happy Pair, it's in a small community, like 10,000 people, and we never labeled it vegetarian or even, dare say, the vegan word. Yeah. It was just healthy food. So yeah. people would come in regularly and they'd see on the board, it would say chickpea curry and they'd go, can I have the chicken curry? And you go, yeah. And you, <laughs> and you wouldn't tell them. And they'd go and they'd go, geez, that chicken curry was lovely. And then the yeah. next day they'd come down and they'd get maybe the shepherdless pie, but they yeah. think it's a shepherd's pie. And it'd maybe take two, three weeks and they'd come down. I never knew it was vegetarian. Yeah. You know, so it was, yeah. I, I think the main thing is don't even mention it's yeah, vegetarian or vegan because no it's binary. Just say, we're cooking healthy food. It's going to be a Mexican night. Can you bring guacamole? Something like yeah. that or something yeah. just simple and yeah. inclusive. Like I think when you're new to this lifestyle, it can be, it can be a big deal. You know, it really can. It's like, it's the center of a lot of conversations and it comes up all the time. Oh, you eat that way? Yeah. <laughs> Whereas I think as you get more comfortable and you don't want it to be the topic of every conversation so, so you just, kinda, it's like it is what it's it is life. it's just life yeah. and I think when that happens it becomes a lot easier because people roll with you and as soon as you, you can predict how they're going to react that you can kind of counterbalance or you can just diffuse it okay and favourite food of all time mango or figs Nice. Oh, I'm just going to go with Black Mission figs at the moment. They're in season. Okay, so anyone who doesn't know figs, right? They're, they're the most elegant fruit. I just think they're incredibly beautiful. And if you can get organic Spanish, organic French ones at the moment, the black skinned ones, and you rip them open, there's just this big pink flesh that's like jammy and gooey and then you break it in they're <laughs> magnificent I just cannot recommend them more we, we get the idea like <laughs> yeah there is passion for figs here like I've never seen in my life I love it Matt what is your favourite food quickly as well I don't know if this food, but Ella cooks this Sri Lankan curry that is just absolutely off the chart. You can eat that for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We had some friends over on Friday night, and Ella cooked it, and it is just so good. The balance of it, yeah, it's it's seriously good. Wow. And now, Ella, you've got answers. It's going to have to be hummus. (laughs) (laughs) Just to be honest, (laughs) it's going to have to be hummus, but in every different variety. So, like a like a smoky garlic beetroot one, like a smoked paprika red pepper one, like all that. I made a sweet potato miso one yesterday with um, steamed sweet potatoes, miso, almond butter in it. Oh, it was like that's pretty good. And so, one question we ask all of our guests that come on is, what's one mantra practice saying that you guys live by? each day to create oh, happiness the easiest one ever our granny the great Mae Flynn she was like our role model <laughs> and the queen bee I love that she's called Mae Flynn my daughter's oh, called Mae I named her after so yeah. but she was she was she was just uh, such a special person in our life and she used to say our motto was be happy have fun <laughs> that was it you know that's what she said life is oh, she, you lads just like having fun that's it so I think there's no proof that life is serious we all go around taking it very serious but really there's not like if you look at kids that are free and kids on average smile 200 times a day whereas as adults we smile 15 times a day really what? yeah 15 times a day that's the average. Average. and a good one would be 50 like yeah. a, a human so, so, so oh I think if gosh. you look at kids they move a lot more they're a lot freer they don't take things serious they're much more present so they're very friendly like they immediately they'll strike up. like I watch my kids in the playground literally they'll go up and we leave and they'll have made five friends versus as adults if you say hello to someone it's like what do you do whereas kids don't even what do you do they just suddenly go and they kick a ball and they just start playing totally. yeah there's not like who are you and what's your social background and it's just more what box can I put you in yeah. yeah. So I think the more we can do that, the more be happy, have fun. 
think it's be a nice happy, have fun is brilliant. I think it's it. Okay, so for everyone who's listened to this, they're going to leave, and you guys have an incredibly infectious personality, and they're going to be like, I'm going to be like the happy pair today. So what are three things that they could do today? Like three just little switches in their thought process, or three things to be kind of conscious of to cultivate that happiness, to flick to the glass half full. I would say, number one, be kind to yourself. Yeah. I think that's most fundamental because we can be our own worst critics. And yeah. we're but looking the most at... important relationship you have in the world is with yourself. Yes. So you have to start by being nice yeah. to yourself. And if you can't be, you've got no chance. And, and that's a habit which you've yeah. got to really be conscious of yourself when you start criticising yourself. Oh, I'm too, I don't look good. You know, it's like, be kind to yourself, be nice to yourself, be forgiving. I think that's the most fundamental one. I, I think in our experience, like having someone like we're very fortunate that we're twins and it might sound facetious if I say if you can find your twin it makes life a lot more enjoyable or find someone that you can share the journey with whether it's business whether it's sport whether it's relationship it just makes life more richer someone that you can laugh with and not take it too serious because I know as a twin it it makes it a lot easier to just even really stressful things you can end up laughing and having a great crack and it was like oh my god that was hilarious and and crack is fun just in case (laughs) in Ireland Ireland, that's the Irish word for fun C or AIC just in case you think okay, we're talking so about today drugs. you're going to be kind to yourself you're going to find your person and then what's and the third thing we're all going to do I think eat more fruit and veg nice. and move a little more I think those are just so simple such basic yeah. simple little things that are you know as you said what habits and activities can we do that help last and final one we were training with uh, cool Fred Tony Riddle a natural lifestyler uh, and he was saying typically people who live in an urban environment spend over 90% of their day indoors so uh, he, he was trying to challenge people to spend two hours outdoor a day That's and a he was lot. asking people to just time themselves just because many people get a vitamin D deficiency many people don't just don't get out in nature in any shape or form and London can seem a really urban very concrete environment today we walked through I can't remember that park but it was stunning like the autumn trees it was just like like, oh my god London is so beautiful but it's like it depends on what lens you look at it many people get up straight into their tube and the tube can feel like a rat race straight to work straight back but if you can take a few minutes just to walk in nature it can be very remind you of your own insignificance and just like wow we're part of a greater system that's magnificent I love it. Well, guys, thank you. I'm definitely you, leaving feeling Honestly, inspired. This has been pleasure. Seriously, so seriously much. uplifting. I've actually had a really stressful morning. I came in here and I was a bit like, Ugh. and then I feel like a new guy. So, <laughs> thank you. Pleasure. Thank you, guys, very, you, very much. You. And if you have any feedback on this episode, we would love to hear it. So please do review it. Please do rate it and share any of that feedback with us. And otherwise, I hope you can tune in for our next episode and definitely subscribe. Um, there'll be a new episode coming out for you every Tuesday. Thanks so much, everyone.